Hey, the world's full of fantastic music. Each month, we explore an album of significance, its roots, how it makes us feel, and then banter about its influence and staying power. Join us on our journey as we dissect, discuss, and discover some of the world's greatest albums on The Sonic Collective. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sonic Collective. My name is Alan, and of course, joining me today, we have Darren Scott, Scott Gregory, and Scott Coates. It is October of 2020, and we are right in the midst of doing our reviews of double disc albums. And of course, it was my turn to pick this time, and I chose 1984's Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, the double album by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. If you have not already heard it, I recorded an intro explaining kind of why I picked it and why it was significant about a month ago. So go to thesoniccollective.com and check that out. Or, of course, anywhere you are currently listening would probably have that, too. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to do much more talking. I instead I'm going to kick it right over to Scott Gregory. Scott, what did you think of this album? Go. Uh, all right. Well, I, I came into this hot because I like Frankie Goes to Hollywood, a lot of the singles related to it. Uh, like the singles off of this album all went to number one. Three of them went to number one. Uh, it was one of the first times, I think it was the first time actually in Great Britain it ever happened. And the second time, two number ones uh, were on the charts at the same time. So it was massive in the moment. And I caught up to it a couple of years after that. Uh, I had never listened to the full double album itself, and that became its own new experience for me. And it's a mixed bag for me, right? Like, welcome to the Pleasure Dome, Two Tribes Relax, the the real big three off of this. Um, were still great to me. You know, the baseline on Welcome Goes or Welcome to the Pleasure Dome is just massive. Uh, it plays throughout all of the tracks. That one's just a real dance hall banger. Um, Two Tribes, I really like the aggressive bass line on it. It's so good. Uh, Wish the Lads Were Here is similar uh, in that it just really gets aggressive on that. It's something that I really like about Duran Duran, too, although these bands are nothing alike. But, you know, it, it's something that they have in common that I noticed that really draws me to, to both of them. And then the political commentary on, on Two Tribes was just really good. It's Cold War right in the height of Reagan's popularity, just spot on, really speaking to power. And that appealed to me, too. And then Relax as a Sex Pistols style, let's get as crude and rude and, and raunchy as possible. Uh, I thought that was really great, too. Uh, then we get into the other sides of the album and we kind of go up and down for me, right? Like I am really hard on covers in general. And when half your album is covers, that really starts you behind the eight ball for me. So the one that I did like was Born to Run. I actually enjoyed that. It was very true to the original. Uh, it smooths out some of the boss's grit in his voice. And, and that actually works for me here. Uh, you should see the face Darren's making. I, I think there might be a counter opinion uh, later on. But but for me, you know, I'm usually critical. But th this I approve of this one. But uh, Fairy Cross the Mercy. Oh, my God. Jerry and the Pacemakers did it right. This is exactly why I don't cover like covers. If it was done perfect the first time, do not do it again. Um, San Jose, what the hell? 
I my notes here say save your karaoke for when I'm not paying for it. Uh, and then um, the rest of it gets like the Ballad of Thirty Two really felt like either like a Queen's or I call it a, a, a sexy party Pink Floyd song. I really enjoyed that one too. You just a, pulled I, out Queen's Wow, that's old. I love Queen's Yeah, <laughs> but. But uh, this is old school too, right? So that kind of yep. makes sense. Some of my notes initially when I was gathering early on was that uh, uh, that the Born to Run cover was the only reason I wouldn't throw Disc 2 away. But I really grew uh, with some of these songs to, to enjoy them. The Ballad of 32 uh, was really great. Uh, Crisco Kisses. There's some debate about whether the song is just about traditional anal sex or fisting. And I prefer to live with the mystery and I will leave my review at that point. You're not going to go hunting in dark caves for that one? No, no, I am not going to the dark side of the internet for the truth of this one. That's it. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> yep. There, there shall be no encore. I shall end on fisting. Scott Coates, what do you think? Yeah, so I had worked at a roller skating rink and really familiar with Relax. And then as a DJ, I played it all the time. And I'd heard Two Tribes, and I kind of forgot about The Power of Love, but I'd never listened to this whole album, nor did I realize that it's technically a double album. And it's barely a double album, because I think CDs held like 72 minutes or something, or 74, and this isn't much more than that. Uh, thinking about it as a package, I mean, I like the dramatic opening of uh, The World is My Oyster. It's kind of fun that it, you know, starts with a grand opening and, and to that end, then at the end, uh, they also have a track at the very end, you know, which kind of winds it up pretty neat, uh, bang at the end. And so I kind of like the bookends there. Um, welcome to the Pleasure Dome's nice, but I mean, pretty much the same beat as Relax. And I hardly think it needs to be 13 minutes plus. I mean, could easily have been a five or six minute song even. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, relax to me still stands up. It's a club classic. And I'm sure if you played it today, it would still pack any dance floor at any club. It's, it's, you know, one of the all time great club songs. Um, Scott Gregory touched on this, but like what, at least four cover songs war. I, I thought the terrible born to run awful, I've never liked the song, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Like, I have no idea why these are on there. And, and to have a double album, I mean, I think means that you've got so much great material that you need to have a double album. And, and so I'm like, if they're putting at least four cover songs on here, why did they even make a double album? Like, this should have been a 35-minute album, a classic sort of tight, good stuff, 35 minutes. I have no idea why they filled it out to be a double album. Uh, two Tribes, fun enough. I don't think it would wow anyone now. Um, and The Power of Love is a single. I, I just thought it sounds super dated now and, and doesn't stand up. The Ballad of 32 is okay. It was kind of a mid midway high point of the album. But overall, I just thought, I mean, it was the same sound throughout the whole album. Very dated, um, kind of a one-beat trick pony. And I don't like that faster kind of dance beat that appeared on a, on a lot of them so yeah the main things is i have no idea why this is a double album certainly didn't need to be a, couple, a few good songs but yeah pretty disappointed overall glad we listened to it but far from wowed or excited me so uh how about you darren 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I got to agree with a lot of the things you said there. Um, I, I think this album just suffered a bit of an identity crisis, uh, which was funny. Uh, the producer was uh, Trevor Horn, who was like the go-to producer at the time for pop music. Um, and I, I apparently he took over and a lot of the recordings from uh, pretty much almost any instrument, he had a house band come in and do or he did redid himself. So apparently this album actually doesn't really represent the band that well. And there's an earlier release of especially uh, Relax and Two Tribes that apparently, if you listen to, sounds completely different. And it was, a you know, before they released this album, just as EPs. Um, so apparently he took so much control. But I, I'm surprised that if he was the, the big guy, I'm surprised he didn't hear that the album was like three different albums. I felt like they actually had a really good concept in the Pleasure Dome. Uh, the first few songs come in, it's, you know, it's sounding good. Uh, you get into relax and then you kind of come into war, the cover war. And I was just like, okay, it's, it's okay. It's a little cheesy. It's a little stuck in the eighties. I agree with you. I think this album is solidly stuck in 1984 and it had a good year there, but it doesn't, it didn't age that well. But anyway, you do war two tribes. Uh, you have this little tag and fury, these little skits. You think it's building up the album, but this is where I'm going to disagree with Scott Gregory. I was like, what the fuck is born to run doing in this shit? Like, and you know what, if they, if you took that out and just said, or if you went to a concert and that wasn't on the album and at the end is an encore or something, they did that. I'd be like, fucking cool. But just at that point in the album, it was too, it was like the original, it, it, the, the the concept of the album was getting lost to me at that point. I'm just like, what the fuck? And then San Jose, I'm like, fuck you. You're not even trying anymore. Like, you know, that, I don't know why they put so many covers on it. I think this is a really good 42 minute album, which it should have been. They probably could have just left uh, the songs you just mentioned, Scott, too. Uh, uh, I agree. I think those are all good. I think if you had arranged it, made this more of a concept album and kept that at the time, more modern 80s sound, uh, this album would have benefited greatly. I, I just find the covers were weird. Um, yeah, so whether they lost control, uh, Holly Johnson was the lead singer. He was pretty estranged uh, from a lot of the band, and uh, they were famous for not getting along uh, and fighting. There was a big fight, I think, at Wembley Stadium in 1986 or something. They did one more album after this, but it didn't do shit. You never heard of them again. Um, they did a lot for at the time for... Uh, pushing awareness of LGBTQ, gay. Um, this was uh, uh, two of them, I believe the two singers, Holly Johnson and, uh, geez, I forget the other guy's name. Oh, okay. No, it'll come to me, but um, both, uh, you know, identified themselves as gay. Uh, the rest of the band, not necessarily, but they went with it and pushed that. And it was very popular in the gay culture at the time too. And I think uh, because it became number one, really helped with that movement. So I'll give it credit there, even though they were hyper outrageous, especially for the 80s. And you mentioned uh, uh, Relax, such a big single that got banned by the BBC for being so vulgar. And apparently they had an original video for Relax. Relax has four different official videos uh, that the first one was like super vulgar and it was all basically obscene sex scenes with animals. <laughs> like that's the first official video. So who knows what was going on there? But anyway, uh, like I said, you know, I, I liked it. I, I will always love relax that I can put on a few of those songs at a party in a, in a list, but as an album, I'm not sure. So any, Alan, like, what do you think you picked this? Let's, uh, let's hear from you. Yeah, I did pick it. Um, and my only exposure to Frankie goes to Hollywood was from relax. So um, most of it was pretty new to me. 
uh, it, I have to agree with most of your guys' points. I mean, it definitely really, really, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much stuck in the eighties. You know, it's got that aggressive eighties, uh, drum sound, that industrial sound, I think Scott Gregory alluded to a little bit. Um, and that, that sort of sonically fingerprints it in the eighties, especially with like new wave or synth wave or whatever you might classify this. I feel like it kind of transcends a couple of different genres, um, but very much an eighties album, which, you know, I, I liked, uh, for what it's worth. I kind of enjoy that uh that style of music or i guess some of the trends that came from the 80s there um yeah just overall it's it's a fairly politicized album um at times it, it was pretty raunchy at times it was very like you said darren pro lgbt uh sprinkled with like you know bdsm imagery and like Mm -hmm. pacifist messages and stuff so mm -hmm. i feel like at the at the time it probably was a pretty gutsy move to release this because i think i think they were really going against the grain with uh i guess shall we say polite society in the 80s so you know it, it certainly had its fans definitely in the underground scenes i think but um i i don't think the controversy that surrounded uh, the album and specifically relax was necessarily unfounded, I think for the time. So, um, uh, I'm going to disagree with you, Darren. I actually really liked born to run. Uh, <laughs> hey, personal I opinion. Think, yeah. I think <laughs> I might actually like it better than the, uh, the Springsteen version with, hmm. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like I said, I, I actually didn't think it was a bad song. I think it was poorly chosen for on this album at all. I think For sure. they should have kept it. Yeah. 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 My, my notes when I was listening to this album was that it sounded almost like it was designed by committee. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Agreed. Uh, and I, you guys alluded to it as well. It just sounds disjointed. It doesn't feel like one cohesive album mm. and you have to kind of wonder what was going on behind the scenes with, uh, like you said, Trevor Horn was kind of overbearing with his production style. And I mean, yeah, I don't know who they were trying to please here because this was their first album too. Yeah, they yeah. had kind of already amassed a fan base with some of their previously released EPs, and then they went this completely different direction, which actually did alienate a lot of fans at the time too. So, uh, just pretty strange. Uh, overall, I kind of, I kind of was just left with a meh. You know, I really liked it the first time I listened to it, and then you know, after a few subsequent you know, going back and re-listening to it, it, uh, it didn't really appeal to me as much. I definitely disliked Crisco Kisses, um, The Power of Love I wasn't a fan of, and I did not like San Jose either. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think actually, to be honest with you, my favorite song on the album was Born to Run. <laughs> oh, no, I also... no, that's good. That's okay. That, that's interesting, yeah. actually. That's an interesting take. Even over, like, Relax. Yeah, and I yeah. think maybe... Just because, like I said, Relax was the only song I had actually heard. So, um, and I, thanks to Zoolander, I just, uh, <laughs> I played that song <laughs> a lot. Great movie, great movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then War, I liked, I liked War. And I like Two Tribes as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, wow. <laughs> wow. I did. I did. I did like War. 
I, I like I like that you took the other side of the album because you know I think the, the, the other three of us were like you know kind of relaxed two tribes uh, the the ones you know whereas you actually took kind of the other side the less known in the covers which again yeah. again they weren't bad versions it just the album was bipolar mm -hmm. yeah bipolar is a good way to describe it I think yeah well should we get into uh, our numbers sure. All right, let's just go in the same order. Scott Gregory, what are your scores? Yeah, so uh, I might be a little shocking by saying Influenced is five for me because uh, I really heard this very early on in my uh, time with British music, particularly British synth, industrial, and all that stuff. And this directly led me to the Pet Shop Boys, Depeche Mode, the Human League. Like all of that resulted from listening to the music that was off of this album so that one skews really high for me but would i actually recommend this album uh i would put it at a three and overall i would say a three it was just i agree it like we review albums not songs right and i can appreciate some individual songs on here but as a double album there's no rhyme there's no reason it's a little toxic in some places and um and yeah i you should listen to it once and then rate it for the singles that you like i think would be my recommendation to, to people out there and then move on to the pet shop boys depeche mode the human league KMFDM. you know if you want to go a little harder mm, nice yeah good recommendations Thanks. yeah for me influence looking back then and now relax was the only one so i i, I sorry to uh, poo poo this one alan i think it was great picture <laughs> but influence is a one like this didn't send me down any paths back in the day nor will it want now uh, i'll give it a one and recommend because i just i don't think there's a cohesive thing here i don't think it needs to be over 70 minutes and overall i'll just give it a two i really not impressed i don't think there was a double album here there was barely one album as darren mentioned the band didn't even probably record a whole lot of it and while i love relax and and a couple of the other tracks i just yeah not a whole lot here for me so how about you darren yeah um yeah i'm falling kind of in the same realm here um what would help though is the premium 420 market uh, has a nice new cannabis <laughs> called Haven Street, Noisy Neighbor. It's a uh, super good, real fun time. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Emphasis on the word highly. Highly. Uh, I'm just kidding around. Just kidding around. Uh, yeah, I mean, this album, Hey, uh, uh, Relax was the sixth, and I think Two Tribes was the 20th best selling UK singles of all time, still to this day. Yep. So there's no doubt that this album had a big influence, but I'm I'm kind of with you personally. I remember it uh, being a teenager in the 80s, but I'm going to put it as a three. It was just average, kind of another 80s thing that was just there for me. Uh, recommend, honestly, as an album, I, I put 2.5, and I think that's being generous. It's just not, uh, besides the singles, which you can just find on other playlists, don't bother, I guess. Um, well, it depends on your taste. But overall, I'm coming in at a two and a half for that. That's about it. Sorry, Frankie. I appreciate the songs. I appreciate a lot that was happened on this album, but you, you got to relax. I just want to jump back in for one quick second, just based off of something that Darren said there, because this album and the songs on it absolutely 
owned 1984 in the UK and partially in the US. And I think if you even just read the, read the Wikipedia on this and just saw the kind of records that it holds uh, on the charts, you would be surprised. So if you're not going to listen to the album, read the history of the album because it it stands tall in some ways that you wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, another great Liverpool band, many of them. Yes. The greatest Liverpool band ever. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, uh, you're oh right. boy. How Oasis you, is number one. <laughs> um, it did not influence my taste very much because, again, I didn't, I didn't really uh, know much about the band except for Relax. So I'm giving that a one uh, recommend. I'm going to have to kind of go split the vote with a two and a half, I think, because uh, it, it – sonically it just sounds like a lot of the bands uh, scott gregory mentioned you know your pet shop boys and your duran duran it's very much one of those 80s like poppy synthy driven rock bands you know it's kind of generic and honestly listening to it i'm really really surprised at the amount of accolade it got you know the fact that it's such a celebrated album so uh two and a half for recommend and then overall i'll be generous and i'll give it a three because there were a few songs that uh i think are really good especially if you're in the mood for just something like that you know some kind of just standard 80s party tune that you want to throw on in the midst of a playlist i think it's uh perfectly middle of the road stuff so yeah didn't knock my socks off but didn't leave me cringing either. Awesome. Yeah. Does anyone have any final thoughts or uh, should we talk about who's up next? Who's next? Scott Gregory. That is correct. Nice. I, I've locked in the pick. It was literally up to today. There was two albums fighting back and forth for my attention. And I finally landed on one that I'm happy with. So. And, and no pressure because this is the last of our double album rounds. All right. Um, yeah, so that does it for our review of Welcome to the Pleasure Dome for uh, October of 2020. And our next pick for November is going to be by our very own Scott Gregory. And we are looking forward to what that is. I'm not sure if he's ready to disclose it yet or not you'll just have to tune in to my separate recording to find out and where can they find out scott why at the sonic of course or spotify or facebook or twitter or we've got so many ways soundcloud ermagerd how do we keep it all up to date basically there's no reason I mean, if you're listening to this right now, there's no reason why you wouldn't listen to what Scott has in store for November. And you I could be high on Darren's favorite weed and still manage to find Sonic Collective content. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it. Thanks for listening and exploring with us. We'll be back real soon with another pick and critique of albums that matter here at the Sonic Collective.